half of 2007 would have some surprises, uh, some faith answers, that some answers to faith were coming, and also uh, answers to prayer, things that people had been praying about. Uh, you, they would see answers in the last half of 2007, and uh, praise God for that. Well, we'll pray tonight. I just wanted to share that with you, and uh, we have Pastor Webb's new book, On the Way. He's got a new book that's been released by Harrison House, and he I think it got out in time for camp meeting, and he was preaching at camp meeting three morning services, and we've got that coming, so uh, that's something to look forward to, and it's about faith. Hallelujah. Well, let's pray tonight. Father, we praise you and thank you for your word. We, Lord, we put our whole trust in the word of God, and we've made it the final authority in our lives. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor for all that you're doing in our lives. We thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for, for the new birth. Thank you for the presence and the indwelling Holy Spirit. Thank you for who we are in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that we have the very mind of Christ and that we're filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding and the eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we might know what is the hope of our calling and the riches of the glory of our inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of your power to usward who believe. Oh, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. And Lord, we're expecting. We're expecting from you tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I feel like I've got a ring. I, I, it's bugging me. So, hallelujah. I don't know. I feel like I'm ringing. And I'm ringing in my own ears. Glory to God. So, maybe uh, Barry can work on that. We are in the process or in the middle of a series, probably going to end tonight, uh, about being safe. And uh, this is a good time to be teaching on these things because there's, there's much... There's much uh, hubbub uh, about the world, and, and we live in a very wicked and evil world. The devil is on the rampage because he knows his time is so very short, and he's just shortly, just in a very short time, he's going to be locked away for a thousand years. And uh, he knows that, and so uh, he, is, he has been on the rampage. And, and so it's so important that we know how to be safe. We know how to take our authority. We know how who we are. Are in Christ, and we and we know the Bible principles that are taught about how to be safe. Now, a few weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, I don't remember how long, I started sharing about something I saw on Perry Stone's program, uh, Manifest, I believe it's called, and he comes on once a week, uh, and uh, and he, it is it, it was it's been really good because he's been talking about heaven. And uh, he has had several guest speakers on in the past few weeks. And I told you about a Pentecostal preacher from somewhere in Texas, um, Lamarck. Lamarck, I've never heard of that, but I think it's close to Waco in that vicinity. And uh, anyway, and his daughter, 17-year-old daughter, uh, was killed in a plane crash. They were actually flying to another church to look at their youth facilities, and the plane had a malfunction and went down, and she was killed. And uh, of course, uh, she was, and, and she was a. Uh, they preach her to their junior high youth. She even was called out to go to other places and preach. And uh, so when she was uh, when she was killed. Uh, 
it was pretty interesting. Some of the story, I won't go into all of it, but one I just I took complete. I sat down after I talked to you last time because I was just kind of talking off the top of my head, and I took complete notes on what he said because I was so impressed and I had such a witness in my heart the, about the truth of the thing, and so. Um, and one of the things God told him immediately after, uh, you know, the funeral and everything, he told him, do not embrace grief. Grief is poison. He said, that's what Jesus told him. Grief is poison. It's addictive. When you lose someone, it leaves a hole in your soul. Not your spirit, but your soul. Pray that your soul will grow back together. Resist grief. Do not embrace grief. Now, you know... Counselors and psychologists and stuff can will tell you sort of about the opposite of that, that you got to own it and stuff like that. But the, Jesus told him, and I trust this more, do not embrace grief. And he said, told him that grief was addictive. And he, Jesus told him there was a cheap high in feeling real low. And uh, in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, he gave him that scripture. And we know the scripture. It says, for he hath bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. We know that that can be sickness and disease. But it can also be griefs and sorrows. He bore our griefs. He bore our sorrows. And the word bore is the, is the Hebrew word nasa, we, which we get for our space program, nasa. And it actually means to lift up and carry off. It means to lift up, just like a space shuttle, to lift up and carry off. Jesus bore, lifted up, and carried off our griefs and our sorrows. And here's what the Lord told him. If I took something at Calvary, do not embrace it. If I took something at Calvary, do not embrace it. And we know that's true, that we should not embrace sickness because Jesus took it at Calvary. Amen. Well, he took our griefs and carried our sorrows also. He told him that grief was an addiction, and the only thing that can relieve addictions in the natural is more of the drug. How do addicts get relief? Take getting another hit, right? And that's, that's, uh, that's, how, that's how grief works. Um, G then, and then, and this is the part I'm getting to, but I wanted you to have that part too. Forty days after his daughter went to heaven, in the middle of the night at 3.22 a.m., Jesus appeared to him. He woke up, looked at the, the digital clock, 3.22 a.m., and saw a man standing beside his bed and knew immediately that it was Jesus. And, and one of the things he had been telling the Lord in his prayer, and he was resisting grief. He was obeying God. He was resisting it. Him and his wife, what he said, would go up in the, to their bonus room thing and they would walk the floor and pray in tongues and resist grief. And that's what he had been doing is obeying God. And at 3.22 a.m., which was the exact time that the plane went down, uh, she, uh, Jesus appeared to him and... Uh, and, 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 and he had been telling the Lord uh, that it was unjust, that his daughter was a committed Christian, spirit-filled, I mean, pure, holy girl that was living for Jesus and doing the works of God. And it was unjust and it was unfair. He had been telling uh, the Lord that and talking to him about that in prayer. And when Jesus... Um, uh, appeared to him, the first thing, he just began to talk to him immediately. And he said, uh, um, he, he said, I understand how you feel. He said, I lost, let me, let me read it exactly, because I took the notes exactly. 
I lost three of my top leaders, and it was unjust. And then he named them. Jesus named them. John the Baptist, James the brother of John, and Stephen. I lost three of my top leaders, and it was unjust. And then Jesus went on to say, Prover in Proverbs it says, an unjust balance is an abomination, and that God will recompense. An unjust balance is an abomination, and God will recompense. He said there will be a divine recompense when something unjust happens to one of His children. When something unjust happens to one of His children, there will be a divine recompense. And then Jesus began to tell him how He said, John the Baptist, immediately after John the Baptist was beheaded, there was a tremendous outpouring of miracles and the supernatural in Jesus' ministry. That was God's recompense. In the life of James, there was an outpouring in the church that was at Rhoda's house. Jesus told him this. As soon as, and then when Stephen and Jesus told him, did you notice in the scripture that it says that Saul stood by Stephen's garments? He said this was recorded to signify that Paul received Stephen's mantle. And we know there were tremendous miracles uh, in the ministry of Paul, and it was a recompense for the stoning of Stephen. And then Jesus told him, remember Revelation 14, 13, that says their works do follow them. Let's look in Revelations 14, 13. Hallelujah. Their works do follow them. Because you might not have noticed this scripture before. But it says, uh, in, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Now see, we have a different picture from society than that the dead are blessed. But I told you last week, uh, I can't even remember who the preacher was now, that said, oh, Don Gossett said that, that the Holy Ghost said, the happiest day of your Christian life is the day you go to heaven. The best day of your Christian life is the day you go to heaven. And here it says, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. See, we, we, we look at that opposite of that. But they're blessed. Hallelujah. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. From henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. Hallelujah. Praise God from getting a rest from the labor. And the, and, and the labor in the sense of resisting the enemy. And resisting the... the uh, hallelujah. Rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Their works do follow them. And, and Jesus went on to tell him that when someone dies in the Lord, and, and someone else, and it was unjust, and, and so there's this recompense, that those same works, that they just keep getting the reward for it. In other words, Stephen got the rewards that Paul... Rewards for the works of Paul because the works just keep following you. Amen? Hallelujah. So this is good news. <laughs> you know heaven, God's got, it's so much better than we even know. And we, we think it's pretty good. But it is so much better. God's so, it's so much more blessed than we even know. And so then Jesus began to talk to him and took him and said, uh, there's four reasons that something bad can happen. This is what Jesus told him. And, and I, have a, I have such a witness to this. And he said all of it's found in Luke chapter 13. And so, and Jesus began to go down the list in Luke chapter 13. And number one, Jesus said that Pilate 
killed the Galileans. And we find that in, in Luke 14, there were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And, uh, and Jesus answering said, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. But except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And so Jesus is telling him that, that one of the reasons, this is one of the reasons why uh, bad things happen or one of the four reasons that something bad can happen. And that is that false religion martyrs Let's see, the spirit of false religion, the spirit of the occult martyrs. This is, these were martyrs. They were killed by false religion. And, and in our world, see, we don't think a lot about murder, martyrs, but 160,000 Christian martyrs every year in the world. 160,000 people die for their faith in the world and are martyred for their faith. That's one reason... Why, why something can happen. Um, hallelujah. And you know, I think that probably even in the United States, although we don't uh, see, we see martyrs, that there's martyrs, there's martyrdom that's more on a private scale that we don't see, even within homes and so forth. You know what I'm saying? I think that maybe that some of that could be attributed to it. Luke 13, 4, Jesus gave him the second reason. It says, Are those eighteen upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them? Thank ye that they were... And he goes on to tell that. And the second reason Jesus said is there's a curse in operation in the earth and accidents can happen. We live in a fallen world. And here's what Jesus said. Faith will overcome most of the time. In the rare occasion when it appears that faith has failed, faith has actually had its largest triumph. Now, when it appears that faith has failed, faith didn't fail. We failed at faith. Our, faith never fails. Except that it, the faith is coming from us, and we're, we're the ones that see through a glass darkly. We're the ones that don't have the whole piece of every puzzle sometimes. Hallelujah. And so that's what Jesus was telling him, and he referred him to Hebrews chapter 11. And so it's, he said, Jesus told him, it's a rare occasion. It's a rare occasion when you can't handle this and get it done if you're, if you're working it. Amen. Number three, in Luke 13, 6, he said, and this is the, where uh, the vineyard and the fig tree and the, that was not bearing fruit and uh, the, the dresser came and uh, he said, three years I've been coming seeking fruit on this fig tree and fine nut, cut it down. And he, answer, and he answered and said to him, Lord, let it alone this year till I shall dig about it and dung it. And Jesus said, uh, reasons bad things can happen, and I think this is the reason a lot of Christian lives get stolen, is because they fail to do their job correctly. Now he's talking about their spiritual job, their assignment in the, uh, as far as... Uh, God has an assignment and a call and a job for every man to do. And they fail to do it correctly because they're complacent, lethargic, lazy, and do not do their job with excellence. It, Jesus told him, it opens the door to the curse. And then Jesus said, that's why I spoke in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes about diligence. Not because it makes you a better person, but it keeps the door closed against the curse. Diligence and, and obeying the, 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 the call of God on your life and diligence over the spiritual things and the things of the Spirit keep the door on the curse closed. 
And um, the, he, then Jesus told him, this man did not do his job. And then Jesus gave him for the fourth one, Luke 13, 10. And this is a woman that had a demon of infirmity, a spirit of infirmity. She was a church woman. And demonic forces had tried to attack her physical body. And in the earth today, demonic forces try to attack uh, the physical bodies of Christians. And if Christians don't know how to, if they've not, if they have, don't know how to deal with that, then there's going to be casualties, and it, and it's caused by demons that attack with physical uh, uh, infirmities. So we're talking about how be, how to be safe, and we've already completely covered, and if you didn't weren't here, you need to get the tapes, about Psalm 91 and speaking Psalm 91. But there are some other things besides just quoting and speaking and declaring Psalm 91 in order for us to be safe. And so, uh, and some of these things we, we've already talked about in this uh, revelation that this man had from Jesus Hallelujah. And, but I want to give you some things that the Holy Ghost gave to me. Number one, besides, you know, I confessing I, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge, my fortress, my God, and you will I trust. And besides going through that and being diligent to do that, we must listen to the Holy Ghost. Proverbs 10:27 says, "My sheep hear my voice." You need to confess and believe that you receive and declare and you must uh you must not accept the fact that you don't hear his voice. Sometimes Christians will say, "Well, I just don't hear God or I just don't think I'm hearing." No, the Bible says, "See, that's that's you're you're contradicting the Bible." The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. So you need to say, I hear God's voice. Let's say that together tonight. I hear God's voice. His sheep hear his voice. And turn to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 33. Hallelujah. If we're going to be safe, we must listen to the Holy Ghost. Not listen once a month. Not listen once a year. Not even listen once a day. We must listen to Him on a minute-by-minute, hour-by-hour basis. Uh, just, uh, you know, we must have a constant uh, tuning in uh, to the Holy Ghost and listening. And we've talked about consulting Him about everything. Verse 33 of chapter 1, But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely. I like that. And shall be quiet from fear of evil. Whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely. You're going to have to hearken. Now hearken doesn't mean just to hear, but to hear intently, to hear with the intent of obeying. Lord, just say it. Just give me the word. Lord, it doesn't matter. I don't have any plans that are too big to cancel for you. I don't have any, I don't have any thoughts that are, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to have my way. When we just press on and have to have our way, it, it you know, it can be a problem. Uh, Proverbs 21, 31, if you'll go on over there. So we must hearken to Him. Now, I could give you hundreds of scriptures that talk about listening to God, hearkening into Him. But we don't have time for that. But uh, these are some that I just liked especially. Verse 21, verse 31, The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. You know, it doesn't matter how much you prepare in the natural. You are going to have to have, you're not really in safety until you're, you're in the Lord, in Christ, and hearkening unto Him. I mean, you can put all the bars on your windows. You can have alarms all over. You can have bells and whistles. You can even have bodyguards. 
You can hire bodyguards and you know you can hook yourself up to beepers that go off if, if, if anything quits beeping and, or beating and you know you can put all, you could have all of that stuff. Everything. And boy, there's catalogs. You, there are actual catalogs where you can, you can rig it. I mean, you can rig it. And you can buy you a, a dog. We talked about, you know, one preacher that has a $17,000 watchdog and hallelujah that's been trained to especially do that. But, and you know, not, not if God told him to, maybe that's okay. But, he, you know, you really don't need it. Because safety is of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Safety is of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now that doesn't mean we go to bed with our uh, doors unlocked. Because we, we try to use some wisdom too. And we don't tempt God and just say, well, you know, I'm just going to see. I'm going to run an experiment here. And I'm going to see if, if, you know, if I can sleep all year with my doors unlocked. But if you're like us, and and um, and, and I'm just like, you know, we, we kind of laugh and say, well, you know, the Lord protects idiots and little children. No, I mean, we'll just, because we'll get up some mornings, the garage door standing wide open or something. You know, that has happened a few times. We've come out here before, and the doors be wide open. But thank God He protected it. And you know, but you know what? We don't tempt God with it. Now, if we are laying there in bed at 9.30 at night and we remember the door is uh, not locked at the church, you know what we do? We don't just say, oh, well, God will just watch over that. No, we get up and come. In fact, we did that Saturday night. That's the reason I bring it up. I already had pajamas on. Pastor said I didn't lock the, the little new building back there. So Saturday night at 9 o'clock, we're trucking over to this side, and we prayed all the way over here and all the way back, and we and Pastor locked the door. And, you know, because why? The Holy Ghost reminded us. And, you know, but when, you know, praise God, if the Holy Ghost hadn't reminded us, everything would have been fine, right? How, or if, there, if we had been in Louisiana, and, oh, God, there's no way we can get to it. Now, Lord, we're just going to have to trust you in this. And so we've just given our angels charge. But we don't just lay there. You know, sometimes I'll get in the bed at night, and I'll actually turn out the light, and I'm just snuggling all down. And, you know, I have to have both ears covered, and I, I've gotten it all fixed. You know, I'm just all fixed. And, and with summer and winter, both ears have to be covered up. I don't know why. But anyway, and then I'll think... Uh, did did we lock the front door? I'll think that. And you know, I'll want to lay there and think, Oh God, just protect us. Lord, I know you, you know. And then I think, no, the Holy Ghost reminded me. I need to go look. Amen. And so I'll get up and, and you know, and I have to go through the whole thing again. So, praise God, we don't need to tempt God. We must listen to the Holy Ghost. And not override and say, no, I'm so sleepy. Did you ever just tell the Lord, oh, God, I am so sleepy. Just take care of this. No, we don't do that. In First uh, John 2.20, I've tried to tell him that, but he tells me, you know, he won't let me go back to sleep till I deal with it. Or he won't let me sleep until I deal with it. Or go back to sleep. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> 1 John 2.20 But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. You have an unction, and down here you know all things. Not in your head you don't know everything, but down here where the unction is, you know all things. And so it's up to us. It's not up to God to get it from here to here. 
It's up to us to get it from here to here. And I don't believe that there's any Christian that's ever been uh, killed or anything that if they had been tuned in. See, we get busy sometimes. Sometimes we get tired, too tired. And we, we, we've, we've, uh, we've left off the former things, the, the first things, the most important things, the priority things. And uh, we'll get where we're not hearing as accurately. We're not picking up on things. We need to be, you know, and that's what the danger is of, of just running out the door in the morning, skipping the prayer time, skipping the, you know, skipping it. Why? Because you do that and enough and, 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 and you're not, you're just, I know I'm not as fresh that day. I'm not as alert. I'm not as sensitive. I'm not, and I need that time with the Holy Ghost. I need that time with the Lord to tune my heart in, to tune my spiritual ear in so that I can hear Him and I can hearken unto Him and I can know what I'm not supposed to do and what I am supposed to do. And you know, uh, hallelujah, praise God. So it's up to us to find out what the Holy Ghost is saying down in here because down here we know all things. We know all things and get it processed up to here. Amen. Glory. Uh, in Isaiah 45, 11. I like this scripture. And, and we need to confess these scriptures that I'm giving you and pray them over ourselves and believe God. Believe God to hear Him. Release your faith that you hear and that you know. And, you know, don't walk around saying, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what we're supposed to do. I just don't know. You know, sometimes Pastor and I catch ourselves saying we don't know what we're supposed to do. But we catch ourselves and we say, no, we have an unction from the Holy One and we know all things. Amen. Isaiah 45, 11 says, uh, Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and His Maker, Ask me. See, He says, ask me here. Ask me of things to come concerning my sons. And concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. So we have to ask Him, Lord, what's coming? Lord, what do I need to see? Lord, show me things to come concerning my children. And in Proverbs 31, it talks about that Proverbs 31 woman that she's prepared for the future. She's got everything prepared for her household. And so she's asking the Lord, Lord, show me things to come concerning my children that I might be readily prepared for the future and that I might have them prepared for what they're going to encounter too. Hallelujah. We have our kids prepared. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And so we have to be listening. Hallelujah. Can't always be on the run. Not, not good enough. You're not going to hear the Holy Ghost praying on the fly. You know, we can pray in tongues while we're just driving and running and walking and, and all that. But you know all that is. And it's good. It's good. But all it is is Jude 20. It is building up yourself. It is edifying yourself. And so when you're on the run, pray in the Holy Ghost, but you're edifying yourself. You're building yourself up. But you're not in the Spirit. Why? Because you're thinking about how to drive. You, you, you know, when you get in the Spirit... You know, Brother Hagin talks all the time about being in the spirit and, and, and the world is suspended. You hardly know anything. And go, you can't, you can't identify with what's going on around you. It's like, uh, you know, three hours might pass in because you've been in the spirit or, or 30 minutes or, or whatever. And when you're in the spirit, you're not driving. You're not dealing, washing dishes, uh, taking the laundry. Now I pray while I'm doing all of that stuff, but I'm just edifying myself. And that's good, and I, we need it. We must do it. But we must also have those quiet times when we can get over in another place called the Spirit. 
And if you aren't having a time of prayer where you can get in the spirit, then you're not walking as safely as you could because you're not going to hear in the edifying yourself what you hear while you're in the spirit. You're not going to know how to pray as you ought. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, so another thing about listening to the Holy Ghost is you've got to clear your soul in order to hear accurately and clearly. And this is a, something that we have to do all the time. And that's why Jesus tells us to forgive and He tells us to, to He tells us all sorts of things like that to do. It's why we've got to keep our soul clear. If you know if we've got a bunch of turmoil and confusion in our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, if we're upset, if we're angry, then guess what? Guess what? We're not, see, cause everything that your spirit knows in order to get it where you know it with your head and can act on it, it has to come through a filter that's called your soul. It come, that's why, that's why when you got a preacher in sin, it messes up the congregation. Why? Because everything they preach, even though it might be pure in their heart, it has to come through their soul. And if there's sin there, we, everything we minister comes through our soul. It comes through our minds, our wills, and our emotions. It comes out of our spirit, but it comes through our soul. That's why it has, you know, when I minister, it has my personality on it. It has the way I do things. Then when somebody else comes in, they, it has the way. Otherwise, it would, if it was all just out of the spirit and never went through the soul, it'd all be the same. It'd all be just Jesus, because this is the Jesus part, but it goes through our soul, and it gets my personality, it goes through the soul, it gets pastor's personality. So, you know, that's why, you know, when, when somebody, some people speak, it might come out just so, just so gentle, because they're that kind of person. They're a really gentle person. But it might, when I, when I, when I preach, it's gonna come out, uh, bolder and aggressive, and it's gonna come out, uh, straightforward and, and no holes barred. Cause listen, you know, my personality is black's black, white's white. There's no gray area. That's, that's who, that's how, that's how we are, isn't it, Myron? They better leave us alone, hadn't they? <laughs> Praise God. I'm teasing. But, you know, and so it's going to come out like that because it comes through my soul. Amen. And so we have to keep our souls clear. Uh, so our emotions, we got to keep them in check. You just can't let your emotions run wild. Your feelings, feelings are not accurate. Your feelings are not accurate. My feelings are not accurate. So that's why when our feelings, we have, when, when, when we've put the word of God in, and our feelings are just running crazy. And we all have those times when our feelings are just running crazy. Our feelings are hurt. Our feelings are upset. Our feelings are angry. Our feelings are whatever they are. Then what we rely on is spiritual principles and, and the Word of God. And we say, oh, I know I can't do that. You know, because sometimes my feelings will be just like, I'm going to tell them, I'm just going to plow. But then... My heart says no. You know what I have to, my heart says no, bind mercy and truth about your neck. And so, you know, I calm down and I'm still going to talk and tell it, but you know, I may not plow it up as much as I would have. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we have to keep our, our, our soul clear all the time. That's why in Proverbs chapter four, it says, uh, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it, comes the issues of life. So your spirit's right down here, but it's got to come up through your soul. And so, and so when you're hearing, it's got to come through your soul too. So if you're all, if you're all, whatever, 
You know, you're not going to hear as good. You're not going to hear as good if you're... And so you have, what do you do? You go back to principles. What's the principle, the truth of the Word of God? And, and that's where, where you go. Now, number two, if you're going to be safe, you got to obey God. And you know, you need to make up your mind right now. I'm going to obey God. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to... I'm just going to obey Him. I'm going to obey Him whatever He says, whatever His... But really, you've got to go back to what the Word says. You can't even trust what you think you've heard. None of us can. None of us can. We've got to go back to the Word. And you know, there's some things that aren't in the Word. Like if we're looking for a children's minister here. That's just not in the Word. Right? Well, who it is? That's not... So we pray, and we look, and we do the best we can. But you know what? There's times we're going to miss it because of that. Because it's not in the Word. But if there's if anything that's in the Word, we should never miss it on. We, should, we don't have to miss it on. We don't have to miss it if it's in the Word. But there's some things that are we see through a glass darkly, and so we may put somebody in there, and later we go, man, they, they don't fit there. And they may know it, and we may know it. Or, or you may take some job or something, you may go, boy, that wasn't God. You know? Or you may... Uh, you know, you may buy something. Did you ever buy something and go, I bought dresses before and wore them one time and said, you know, I hate that thing. Uh, pastor knows. Hallelujah. And so we take it to, and you know, it, 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 it goes through a slide. It comes off my rack and it goes to another little rack in my closet. And then I let it hang there about a month. And then I move it to the garage rack. And then, you know, I'm, I've got this process going. And every once in a while I go back and get something back off the garage rack. Hallelujah. James 2.26. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But we, see, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it where feelings, when, when, when there's things that aren't specifically in the Word. Hallelujah. But there's most everything. You can find the principle for it in the Word of God. If you will look, you will find the principle. And then you can rely on the principle. Hallelujah. And you can say, I'm going to go with the principle. Hallelujah. And you know, uh, when we were wanting to come to uh, Tuscaloosa and pastor this church, we had already started it, but Pastor Webb told us, uh, well, that we, the, the plan with Pastor Webb was that we were going to start it and then turn it over to somebody. Well, after we'd been coming over here a few weeks, we realized that the day we felt like we were home was on Sunday, and on the rest of the week we felt like we were on a vacation over in Birmingham. And so we, you know, our lightning fast minds went, ah, we're supposed to be here. And we prayed about that extensively for about two months. Then we told Pastor Webb, we think we're supposed to move there and be there full time. And he said, well, I've already promised it to two other people. Well, we kicked it into high gear praying, and we began to pray, walk the floor, thank God that this was our church, and then, and, and, and then God, and you know, it, it, you, don't, you are not going to get answers in 15 minutes, folks. You're not going to get answers in a day, in three days. You know, it's going to take a, you're going to have to pray a while. The answer comes after a while. Amen? And so after a while, God gave us the way. And you know, we think we're running behind time. I mean, we were like, God, we need an answer because it's July. And so we uh, asked, uh, we, we, but we got the plan from God of how to do it so that we moved in divine order. And so we told Pastor Webb, we will not 
move. We wrote him a letter. God told us, write him a letter, give it to him in the morning service, and just laid out the plan. And we told him all the reasons, the two men. He told us who the two men were that, was, that he had promised it to. And we told him all the reasons they weren't it and why we were. Sometimes you got to sell yourself, don't you? Hallelujah. But, and you know, and we also told him we won't do it. Hallelujah. If, hallelujah, praise God. And I don't know why I'm telling this story. I didn't plan to. But we won't do it if you say uh, no. Now you're putting yourself over in God's hands. Amen. And so, long story short, he gave us the go-ahead to come, and we're down here. So, you've got to obey God, and you gotta, you, you've got to... Let's read James 2.26, and we'll get some more on that. Hallelujah. Uh, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. You know, when you are hear God, but you don't obey God, it's dead. Amen? Or when you're confessing Psalm 91 and yet you're not obeying God, that's dead. That's not going to work. You, you can confess Psalm 91 all day, every day. You can say it one, once an hour on the hour. And if you're out in disobedience, not obeying God, you're not going to be safe. You're putting yourself in danger. Okay, number three, don't sin. This is simple. Don't sin. If you want to be safe, don't sin. If you're out sinning, you're not safe. Because when you're out in sin, sin is the devil's place. It's the devil's territory. Amen? First John chapter 5, verse 18. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. First John 5, 18. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Now, in our spirit, we don't sin. Our spirit is never contaminated with sin after we're born again. But we can get our soul and our flesh so contaminated with sin that we are just a open, the, the, the open season for the devil. Hallelujah. And the Bible says if you're begotten of God, you need to keep yourself. You need to keep yourself and the wicked one won't be able to touch you. Hallelujah. So it's real smart. Folks, this is not about God saying, I don't want you to have any funny fun. Don't sin. No, God says, if you don't sin, I'll be able to protect you, bless you. And you know, folks, think about it. The blessing. Chris is always talking about the blessing. Who would want to do anything that would, that would keep the blessing from coming towards you? In the way of sin, in the way of, uh, 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 you know, uh, not tithing can keep the blessing from coming towards you. Hallelujah. Why would you want, why would you risk lose the blessing not being there? Well, we don't want to sin, so we don't sin. And when we find ourselves having sin, we need to repent. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, our sins between us and God. Hallelujah. Not the devil. Don't let the devil whip you over the head. I like what Brother Copeland, I believe, said uh, said uh, when the devil's talking to him about something he did, and he said, Devil, that's not between me and you. That's between me and God. So get out of here. Hallelujah. Okay, number four, be in faith. Be in faith. Now, we can quote Scripture all day long. Go ahead and say that. We can quote Scripture all day long and not really be in faith. Amen? Uh, we got to check out, you know, we got to check ourselves up on this. Are we going through a rote 
just a rote thing? Have we put ourselves on automatic pilot when it comes to the scriptures and we have these scriptures we confess every day and it's become, it, it, you know what it becomes? It becomes works. If it's not faith, it's works. And so, you know, it's not going to do any good if it's just works. No, we've got to release our faith. Hallelujah. And so if we're in faith, we're gonna, there's, a, there's, sim, there's signs of faith. I loved what Pastor Webb talked about the other night. He said, I can smell it. He said, you can smell it. I can smell faith and I can smell it when somebody's not. He said, you can see it. And we've talked about that, how you can see faith. You can hear it. You can see it. You can smell it. Hallelujah. And you can smell it when it's not too. And it stinks. It really does. It stinks. I mean, I'm not talking about literally smelling it. I'm talking about a spiritual smell. Has anybody ever had a spiritual smell? You've had a, I've had a spiritual smell before. And you know, one time I was, uh, I, I was praying for a, uh, the Lord told me to believe him for a car. And so I was, I obeyed him and I was believing for it. And you know, I'd been believing for it for several months. And one day just in prayer, all of a sudden I smelt new car. I smelt it. It was nearly like it was like I nearly really smelt it. It was so real, but yet there was no new car around. I was smelling in the spirit. And that told me, guess what? It's here. It's here. It's time. It your your it arrived your faith it just it arrived. It got there. Amen. Not all faith is overnight. First John five four. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Now, if we're going to, the world, that what well, we talked about, there's a wicked world out there. If we're going to overcome the world, hallelujah, we're going to have to be in faith. You know, a lot of people don't like faith churches because they think this is a condemning message. But we're not trying to condemn anybody that lost somebody or, or, or had an accident. And we're not trying to say, you weren't in faith. We're not trying to do that. We don't want to do that. But I know when I have a situation, I want answers. I want to know why. I want to shut the door. Hallelujah. So, you know, if you want to take things bad, you can. Hallelujah. I know Brother Tommy Birchfield, he used to pray, God, let them receive it in love because that's how I'm getting it. You know, there's a lot of people that listen to sermons and they receive it in anger or they receive it, they don't... Hallelujah. You can see it. You can see it out there sometimes in the congregation. But you need to receive it even when it's a rebuke. You need to receive it in love in the spirit that it's given. We're not going out here saying, well, I, let's see who we can stomp on today. No, we pray and say, Lord, who can we help today? Who can we deliver out of the hands of the enemy today? Who can we help get on a better path and get on a right path? We don't want to hurt folks, people. You know, if you fear God, you don't want to hurt people. If you, if you, if you, you know, I, I have to walk in love. Pastor has to walk in love. We mess up, but boy, we're trying because we've got everything to lose. And you know, right now, you know, some people can lose more than others. Like, you know, if there was 10,000 people around here, we might could you lose a few and it'd be okay. But we're on a short leash. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, folks, we're trying hard to do this God's way. Hallelujah. So don't be in faith. 1 John 3, 21. Hallelujah. Besides, who wants to go against God? Who wants to go the opposite of God? I don't. 
1 John 3, 21. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Now, folks, goes back, you can't be in sin or, you know, not walking with God. You're, you're not going to have confidence towards Him. Therefore, if you have no confidence, that means you don't have faith and your faith is not going to be effective in keeping the enemy off of you. So we have to we have to be in faith. First Peter 1 5. Back up just a little. First Peter 1 5. Hallelujah. I confess this scripture, first Peter 1 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Who are kept by the power of God. Say, I am kept, I am kept by, the by the power of God through faith. Hallelujah. So we need to uh, to be in faith. Number five, if we're going to be safe, we got to keep ourselves in love. We've already talked about that a little bit. Love is not an outward action. We can Love is not something you do on the outside. Really, only God can knows because love is in the heart. Love is in the heart. Amen? So that's why when you spank your kids... They don't think that's love. But it is love, isn't it? Is, some of you are looking at me like, well, not really. No, is, is spanking your kids love? Wow. Is that the spirit of the world? I command that spirit of the world to get off of this church. Hallelujah. Because the spirit of the world says don't spank. No. Hallelujah. Love disciplines. Hallelujah. So, praise God. It's not an outward action, but an inward heart. Love does the right thing from an inward heart. Love does the tough thing. Remember Gary Chapman, I believe it was? Is he the one that wrote that book several years ago? Tough love. So you, you're not going you can't, to... You can't always judge by outward if it's love or not. Hallelujah. Jude 21. Let's go there. Hallelujah. And you know what? You can mess up and still be walking in love. Just because you messed up don't mean you're not in love. Hallelujah. Right? Because it's in the heart. Keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now, you know, the Word of God's our guide, and there's some things the Word tells us to do and not do that is a guide for us for love. You know what I'm saying? It will guide us. But here it says that we keep ourselves in the love of God. Well, how do we do that? Verse 20 has told us that. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God. The more we pray in the Spirit, hallelujah, the more we're going to be able to walk in love and keep ourselves in the love of God. But listen, folks, you know... Walking in love is not just never saying anything. Like, for instance, if you're in a restaurant, not just never, never, never crossing anybody. No, love, love can go talk to the manager and say, you know, they're not waiting on us. Hallelujah. I think this was love. Y'all may not. But I talked to Taco Casa manager because their checker one day, I asked for the manager real nicely, told her because their man, their, their keyboard, their checker was, you know, while she's taking your order and she'd wipe her lips. And it's like, I was just getting grossed out for one thing, but I was like, that is so unsanitary. If I was a manager, I would want to know, train these people. I don't think they really wanted to know. 
But, but that doesn't mean I messed up. Because, you know, I did it nicely. Hallelujah. Praise God. I was nice. Nicely sometimes is telling the manager. Sometimes the manager thanks you. I'm so thankful. Thank, for, thank you for telling me. We'll take care of that. You know, now we don't do it every time we go out. Lots of people wipe a lot of stuff and we just ignore it. Pastor, <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, if we could just get the, all the, the restaurant people in town to keep their hands off their face and their mouths and their ears and their hair. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. No, so, so love is not always just buttoning your lip. No, no, hallelujah, praise God. So we keep ourselves in the love of God. What it means is we keep our heart right. Amen. 1 John 4, 16. Hallelujah. Did we read that one already? And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Well, that sounds safe to me, doesn't it, you? If you stay in love, you're going to dwell in God, and God dwell in you. Now, He's dwelling in you anyway. But you know what? You're going to dwell in a safe place. He that dwelleth, if you will keep yourself in the love of God. Praise God. First John 2, 10. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. So we have to guard ourselves. You just can't allow yourself to hate anybody but the devil. Just hate him all you want to. Hate the devil all you want to. But you can't allow yourself to, to hate anybody else. And you know you're going to have feelings of hate. At times you're going to have feelings of hate. If somebody hadn't done something to you yet that makes you want to hate, then you're just living in a bubble. Your bubble girl or bubble boy. Hallelujah. But someday, sometime, somebody's going to do something to you. It's going to make you want to hate. But you cannot afford to go there. Because when you love, you have to love your brother. And you know you have to rely on something besides your flesh, your mind, your will and emotions. You have to go to your heart. And you have to say, no, the love of God shed abroad in my heart. And though I might feel like I hate him, that's not true. That's not the real me. So I choose to love. I choose to forgive. I choose to love. It's a choosing. That's all it is. Doesn't matter if your feelings line up at all. We don't care. We're not moved by what we feel. A lot of people try to say, I forgive. And then the next day, their feelings aren't lining up. And they think, well, I didn't forgive. No, yeah, you did. That's just your feelings acting up. And if you'll just keep choosing and keep believing that you've forgiven, then your feelings will eventually line up to the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because we're not moved by how we feel. Glory. Now, number six, you've got to walk in safety. You're going to have to watch what you say. This is talking about our confession, what we're confessing and what we're saying. And you know, it's not just what you're confessing when you're in church. Oh yeah, I confess every time the preacher says. But what are you saying out there in the workplace about yourself? What are you speaking? Because see, we can open the door for the enemy to get into our lives and still kill and destroy by something we're saying. Hallelujah. Praise God. The other night, uh, we, we were having that swim party, and pastor's a little slow on them hot dogs. And I said, he better get them cooked. I'm about to faint. 
And I I said, no, 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 no. I renounce that in Jesus' name. I'm not going to open the door to that. You know, how many of you have ever said, I'm just starving to death? Now just bow your head real quietly and repent. And dig that old seed up. Because see, those words of death, hallelujah, that scared me to death. Hallelujah, I laughed till I nearly died. Praise God. See, we think, oh, that don't hurt anything. No, it's an open door to the devil. Because see, he's not going, the devil doesn't say, hmm, did they really mean it? No, he don't pay no attention to that. He just looks to see if the door's open. Hallelujah. And so you speak these things long enough, you'll open the door to the devil. First Peter 3. Hallelujah. We dwell in safety. First Peter 3.10 For he that will love life and see good days, let him who refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Now, listen to this. If you will love life and see good days... Let him refrain his tongue from evil. Evil is worth, I looked it up in Strong's, worthless words. Let him refrain his tongue from worthless words. Some of those things we just talked about, that would be worthless words, wouldn't it? That would be words you don't need to say. Hallelujah. And so many people have gone on early when because they said things over and over like, well, I know my dad died when he was 40 and I'll probably die when I'm 40. And they said things like that and those were worthless words. They were foolish words. They were evil words. And God is not able to save you past what you say. Mark eleven twenty three says, you shall have whatsoever you saith. It doesn't say you're going to have what God says. No, it says you're going to have what you say. Isn't that right? So if you say, boy, we just can't afford it, are you, guess what you're going to have? Just, we're just poor as Job's turkey. Hallelujah. My grandfather answered the phone. This is poor old Oil Newcomb. And I'm telling you, they literally... Now, you know they were tithers and God provided for them. And He even did some supernatural things for them. But literally, they died with nothing. And my dad... Uh, had to supplement the end because he was poor old Oil Newcomb. But you know, it's kind of true. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. And by the time he figured, by the time he got into a place where this was being taught, he was too old to want to change. I, I hope that we don't, any of us, get too old to want to change. Amen. You know, it's work changing. It's a lot of work to change. Hallelujah. And at first you're going to be like, oh, I renounced that. I dig that up. Oh, God. You know, and then people, you know, and then people are going to be saying, don't say that. And you're going to be like, you know, because I, pastors told me, I wouldn't say, I don't, you know, and I don't like it when he says, I wouldn't say that if I were you. See, we don't like to be corrected. None of us like to be corrected. But how many of you know, we can't just be our own counsel. Correction is needful. If we, we, we could be blocked and stopped and it, because we wouldn't, we wouldn't let somebody speak into our life. Amen. Hallelujah. And it says, if you will see, if you will love life and see good days, how many of you want good days? Let him refrain his tongue from worthless words and his lips that they speak no guile. Guile is tricky, trickery, crafty, deceitful words. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God for truth. Praise God for truth. 
Praise God for truth. We can't be crafty, tricky, or deceitful and see good days and have God's protection because the devil is the father of lies. And if we're being crafty, tricky, or deceitful in any way, hallelujah, then, then we're out on the devil's territory. So if you've, you know, there's no such thing as a little white lie. There's no such thing. You cannot tell a white lie even to keep from hurting somebody's feelings. Do you like my new haircut? You know, let me tell you what wisdom is. Don't ask. Because you're going to put some people in a position. So, you know, if you can't say, I'd rather not say. And uh, a real good thing to do is say, well, do you like it? The turn it. But if you can't think of anything else, just pretend you heard uh, a, a bolt of light, uh, saw a bolt of lighting or thunder and just take off running in the opposite direction <laughs> as hard as you can. <laughs> and people will never know what, what is wrong with you. But my point is, don't lie. <laughs> what was that? And take, no, no, that's a little deceitful. Don't say, what was that? Just, just start running. <laughs> And if they ask you why later, just say, <laughs> I was exercising. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. No, we have to, you, we, you know, you got to be, you, I know y'all think that's funny, but we got to be that serious about being truthful. Amen. We got to be that serious about not lying, you know, and people put us on the spot sometimes. And sometimes you can say, well, I can't tell that. I, I told them I wouldn't tell. I'm not at liberty to say. Or, you know, and that's a nice way to say, this is none of your business. Hallelujah. But, you know, say what you... It'd be better to hurt their feelings than it would be for you to lie. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. So, guile is tricky, crafty, deceitful words. James 4, 7, and we'll stop with that. We're, we're finishing with this under watch what you say. Now, this is a little bit different than how we've seen this verse before. But this is what the Holy Spirit showed me. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And what the Holy Ghost said to me is that, you know, our words, just our conversation even, is either resisting the devil or it's accommodating you. And we have to... Resisting the devil is not just about, I resist you in Jesus' name, get out of my life. Now, there's a place for that, and that's good, and we need to do that. Amen? But resisting the devil is resisting, is resisting him in every form. Resisting him... You know, we can resist him all day long, but if we're actually inviting him into the back door... You know, you resist the devil with Buddha sitting on your fireplace... You're kind. Of, you're. It's kind of self-defeating. You know. I mean. You're defeating yourself. Do you, do you all see what I mean? Because you're like opening the door to the devil with one hand and trying to resist him with the other. And sometimes in our conversation, in our day-to-day -day conversation, our conversation is not resisting the devil. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? But we resist him in every way. Hallelujah. Say, I resist the devil. Say, I submit myself to God. You know, it doesn't do any good to resist the devil and not submit to God either. Hallelujah. So we have to submit to Him. 
So there's some things, and that's not, a per, I'm sure, a comprehensive list. I've actually thought of some more things myself that you can do. But that'll get you way down the road to being safe. Hallelujah. Main things is just uh, being in faith, listening to the Holy Ghost, being obedient, staying out of sin, watch what you say. You say, Debbie, that sounds like a work. That sounds like a lot of stuff to be watching over. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. We got to be on the alert, be on guard, don't we? Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Well, let's stand up. Let's stand up. Thank you, Jesus. We praise the name of the Lord.